Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Off the Beaten Clef. This week, we're doing a very special interview with Ben Rosette of Strawberry Girls and many other uh, solo projects and many other side projects. And it's a cool conversation. So, uh, Dill, let's get into it. So we are here with uh, Ben Rosette, which we just learned how to say his name about two minutes ago. Uh, ben, thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. Uh, so Ben is known for being in Strawberry Girls and his solo stuff. Um, I guess we can get started with Strawberry Girls. How did you guys start with Strawberry Girls? How did that all get started? Uh, I've, I'm kind of like neighbors with zach or i was neighbors i live in oregon now but we're from california they're my bandmates are still in california but um zach lives close by we kind of knew who each other were like since middle school um so and then i think it was we went to the same high school to, uh, together for a little bit but then he actually dropped out to tour with dance gavin dance and i actually didn't know that's what he was doing at the time i just didn't see him anymore and then i saw in the ap magazine that he was like touring a dance, dance. I was like, oh, that's crazy. Then um, he, so he was like living like in uh, Sacramento while he was doing that. But then I heard he was like back in town. And then uh, we played, actually played some shows together. He was doing like acoustic stuff. And I had a local band at the time and he opened for us. And, uh, and then I think I just messaged him online one time and I was just like, hey, do you want to jam? And then we just started jamming. So. Very cool. Has it, has it always been like a, I want to do instrumental music over having like a singer? Like, oh, how did, how did that get started? I guess that wasn't like, I never knew that I was going to be in an instrumental band or anything. I mean, I was in hardcore bands earlier on in like high school and stuff. And then after high school, I was like that local band called The Trees. It was like psychedelic rock kind of stuff. Um. But yeah, I mean, I did, I got into like the fall of Troy. I mean, they're not instrumental, but I feel like they, they kind of, a lot of parts are instrumental, like what they do. It's like, uh, but like uh, Terra Mellos, I don't know if you guys know about them, but I, my friend showed me Terra Mellos in high school and I was like, just like a crazy spark. I was just like, I got super into instrumental music after I listened to them. Um, but the whole Strawberry Girls being instrumental, uh, I think it was just because we both had like exited bands, like full bands and stuff. And then it was just me and Zach. And so it was just drums and he played with like an octave pedal. He still does. But when we first started jamming, it was like all the riffs were very octave and stuff, just so it was like full a full sound. Um, so yeah, I think it was just out of convenience and just like, hey, let's keep this super simple. Like, let's just make fun music um, that we want to listen to. And, yeah, it was just kind of out of that, just, like, wanting to keep it simple and not have, like, throw a singer into the mix and then you have to deal with a singer. <laughs> right. <laughs> you don't have to deal with singer personalities. That's, like, the, the best of all of it. Right. 
Um, yeah, that's that's yeah. something that's almost more jarring about your guys' music is that when there is a singer and like you have a feature or something, it's like almost more shocking than you realize. You're like, oh, I wasn't expecting like vocals on this track, so that's really cool. Yeah, yeah. Some of the songs, some of the older features, like I feel like we're different. Like now, if we do a vocal feature, like with Andreas or something, like the whole song is like a vocal song. Whereas like, I think earlier on, we would just have friends come in and sing on like one part just because we thought it could use something like that on that, uh, that part. Um, so it was kind of more like surprising, like the older songs, like it's like a full instrumental song and then it's like, oh, oh there's vocals, like, yeah. <laughs> so is, is that something like when you're writing, if you know you're gonna have a full feature, like does that change the writing process at all? Or do you still just write it as an instrumental and then fit in the vocals afterwards? I mean, it kind of changed over time, but because we Zach and GM together like a lot, like two to three, four times a week when we lived super close. Um, so we would just write stuff, and then later on, after we recorded it, we'd be like, "Oh, this part would sound cool with vocals." But I think now, like since Zach kind of just comes up with demos now, and then sends them to me and Ian, and then we just check them out and see which ones we like, and then. You know, it's just like, oh, this song sounds like it could have vocals on it. So we'll just have that whole song be a feature. But uh, yeah. That's something I always like. kind of been doing less. Oh, sorry. No, no. Go ahead. Uh, That's something I liked about Mini Ripper was like, I loved the, the vocal track. And then hearing it on the album without it, I was like, oh, I love this song even more. Because you hear just a little bit more. So it's cool to have both and, you know. Just add something a little bit different. Yeah. Yeah, I'm always curious how people kind of um, take that all in just because, uh, you know, we dropped Mini Ripper came out just as instrumental and then to hear it like with vocals, I don't know. It's, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what people think about that, but it was just something we did. Mm-hmm. I mean, we both we both loved it when we did the, the review for it. So <laughs> I guess it was it was worth doing yeah. then. Do you prefer, I guess, do you prefer the vocal version? I don't know. The, the vocal version was the first one I heard. Um, so I oh, always liked the little flair yeah. and stuff he added, like the, and all the like crazy shit he added to <laughs> yeah. it was really cool. But I, I actually <laughs> prefer the, the instrumental better. Yeah, I think we're both, Dylan and I are both big instrumental music guys. I think uh, we did a whole month of instrumental music last year. And so I think we both kind of discovered a love for like just pure instrumental music. It's just, it's got a little bit different dynamic to it. So I think I always enjoy pure instrumentals. Yeah. Yeah, I guess, I mean, I I love all kinds of music. Like I, I love instrumental music, but I also listen to music with vocals too. I guess it just has to be the right type of vocal and just sound good to me. Like everyone has their own taste. Everyone like you know, some people like different styles of vocals. <laughs> right, right. Well, that that was always yeah. my thing with like m- like modern metal stuff is I just couldn't get into like it was just they were trying to get deeper and deeper growls and that that's fine. But it just it was just something that I always loved like instrumentals. But um, it's just it's something about the vocals would always turn me off until I found the right bands. So yeah, it's it's you're right. It's yeah. it's it's down to taste. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's funny you say that because I actually <clears throat> I discovered you guys because um, Dance Gavin Dance released all their albums like instrumentally, and I really liked it because I'm not always crazy about the vocals on their albums, and I found Strawberry yeah. Girls because as an album ended, Spotify like 
immediately recommended you guys. And I was like, oh shit, this sounds so cool. That's awesome. Yeah, I thought it was cool that they released like all all the mental versions of their albums. I mean, it's just, I think it's a good move. Like uh, just with streaming and stuff, like they'll probably get double the streams, you know, and like make more money and, and then people get that option. Like, you know, what do you want to listen to vocals or (laughs) instrumental? Right. (laughs) So uh, what what got you into music? Um, Obviously you've been playing since high school, but uh, where did it all begin for you? Uh, I think I, I mean, I played music at a young age just because my parents are both very musical. Like my mom's a singer and piano player and my dad pretty much plays like every woodwind instrument and he can play like some piano and bass and just every, he plays everything. He's crazy. Um, but yeah, just kind of being around that, like, I guess just growing up with music also like growing up in church and stuff, um, seeing music every week. Um, but I'd say it was when I was 10 years old, I was at summer camp and this guy like showed me a few chords on acoustic guitar. And ever since then it was, I was hooked. Like, uh, I think it was just the being able to write whatever I want, like come up with whatever I wanted. And like, it was actually kind of cool. Like I took piano lessons early on, but it wasn't like cool. You know, it was just like <laughs> learning. <laughs> so like once I discovered guitar and just like learned some chords and stuff, I'm like, Oh, I can like make up cool sounding stuff. And you, you don't have to play hot cross yeah, yeah. anymore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it just became like a creative outlet and like I would just spend hours and hours in my room just like coming up with songs and stuff. Um, yeah, basically like just grew up skating and then playing guitar. Oh yeah, man. Uh, so I, I, I don't know if this is true for you, but I, I am really <laughs> into like Japanese jazz recently. I just think it has a different feel to it. Um, so, and I feel like that sound kind of bleeds into your stuff a little bit. Is that true? First of all, um, but, um, but is that like an inspiration for you? Like that Japanese jazz style? I, I don't know if I've, I mean, I probably have heard some Japanese jazz maybe, but I, I should probably look into that and like check it out and see what it's all about. But, uh, I do, I mean, I, I really like this one artist. I don't know if you've heard of him. Um, and I don't know if I'm saying this correctly, but Ryuichi Sakamoto. I've heard, I've heard the name. My, uh, one of my buddies is a huge uh, jazz fan and he turned me on to him a little bit. Yeah. He's a, he's like a composer. Like I discovered him cause he did a soundtrack for that movie Babel with I think Brad Pitt. Um, and there was this one song in that movie that I really liked. So I looked it up and it was him he has a bunch of other cool stuff too and it's all like very like japanese sounding and stuff but it's really good so what what makes like japanese jazz like what's the what's the sound like i I, for me yeah for me it's like it's just a little bit uh it's it's different from like american jazz classical standards like in a way where it it just feels cleaner i guess it's it's it still pushes the edge like a lot of jazz will um but it just has like a cleaner edge to it maybe it's just production value i'm not really sure um but Mm -hmm. we did a band uh called tokenoma that i really really liked um i think that they're a four-piece band out of japan and uh they just do some really cool 
it's I think it's more accessible too than a lot of like your free form stuff that you'll find. Um, I don't know. It's just like I said, it just there's an extra little bit of sheen to it. I think. Yeah, that's cool. I have to check that out. I I mean I am inspired by Japanese stuff, like just in general. I mean, there's a lot of cool stuff that comes out of Japan. Um, I mean, I love like we uh, we did a hoodie like that metal hoodie. It has like Japanese on it and stuff. Just like it just looks cool and fashion. But uh, yeah, I was gonna say there's like some Japanese um, or actually I don't know what you call it, but like actually I don't even know if they're Japanese. Tom GGG, that group. It might be like in the K-pop genre or something, but I know that's different. Or I guess there is J-pop too. Yeah, that's true. I mean, <laughs> I, I mean, I started a playlist called "I Want to Move to Japan." So any any sort of like cool Japanese music, I kind of stumble across a lot into that. Um, yeah, there's also like Toe. You know Toe. I don't know, um, but yeah, like yeah, there's there's a time. I'm just I'm just scratching the surface. Like I think it started with uh, I stumbled on a band called Ningen Isu. They do like they've been doing going since the seventies, and they do like old Black Sabbath style, like hard rock, and they're just they're so cool. Um, I think I sent it to Dylan, and it was it's like an eight minute long song that I sent to him. He's like, "What the fuck am I listening to?" <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I'm I'm just like really digging it, and maybe I'm just uh, projecting my love for that that uh, area of the world's music onto your stuff. But uh, I don't right. know, I, I, it's it sounds similar yeah maybe that's the pokemon influence we did. yeah maybe <laughs> <laughs> we played with a japanese uh math rock band called trico or some people call it or say tricot because it looks like that but it's actually trico um but yeah they're cool like <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh so but, uh to talk about booster pack because that's an album we did last year that we both really liked um how deep rooted is the love for pokemon um because i i went through most of the album not knowing because i didn't grow up with pokemon um my wife was like oh these are all pokemon i was like what so (laughs) yeah so where's the the love from pokemon come from i think it's just kind of it was just a part of my childhood like in elementary school i like every year there's like a different phase like you know, like early on, like kids would bring like marbles and stuff. You have like marble battles, and then there was like pogs and yo-yos, and then oh, eventually yeah. it was like it was Pokemon cards. You know, and like we were all, you know, we had to like hide them in school, but like we'd go in the bathrooms and like trade and stuff. Like it was like black black market, like Pokemon. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, so did they um, did they ban yeah. Pokemon cards at your school? They just always like yeah, what like. If kids were getting too distracted by stuff, they would start like you know banning stuff. Mm, sure. But uh, but yeah, <clears throat> yeah, it was just part of my childhood. I mean, and I like, I wasn't super into it. Like, I mean, during that time, like I wanted to be like a pro skater and stuff. Like when I was a kid, but I mean, it was just another fun thing that you know I remember from my childhood. But I actually didn't even know how to play the real Pokemon card game until like last year. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, but, but it's kind of cool kid, being. Go ahead, sorry. Yeah, I know. Like, uh, like as a kid, like no one knew how to 
play the actual card game and stuff like but it's cool now being able to like actually understand the cards and like learn how to play and like yeah with strategy and stuff but i don't know it's yeah, just man. another fun game <laughs> uh so yeah what we're talking while we're talking about booster packs, this isn't a question, but I just thought I wanted to—I wanted to tell you personally. There's a little breakdown in the middle of Espeon that was like a religious experience for me. Um, I don't know if you listened to our episode about that, but I gushed about that little breakdown. Um, I don't know. If you hear that. There's a little drum fill that you play the that you play along with, and it sounds like you're slowing down each successive pass. Um, I don't know. It was oh, it's, it was beautiful songwriting, man. Just wanted to throw that out there for you. Yeah. <laughs> You have to tell yeah. me like the time stamp. What's the yeah. like? Do you know like what's the time well, stamp of it? I'll, I'll mute myself real quick and I'll see if I could find it. <laughs> this is our our Chris Farley moment. It was like, remember when you did that <laughs> yeah, one thing yeah. that was awesome? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so anyway, go ahead, Bill. Uh, yeah, when it comes to the solo stuff, um, in terms of like uh, creating that kind of music compared to Strawberry Girls. Um, is that just something you do completely by yourself? Uh, do you have people that help you with it? Or how does that work when it comes to your solo stuff? Um, yeah, I mean, it's pretty much all me. I mean, I so guitar was like my first instrument. And I started recording when I was like 13, 14. And then I started needing like drums and stuff. So I think my parents got me a drum set for Christmas one year. I was probably 14 or 15. And uh, and then I just started trying to to record drums and stuff. Um, and I, I had a little experience on drums before that because I would play in church and stuff. Uh, and I had rhythm. Like, uh, I think just being around it with my parents, my family and stuff, like, I knew, like, what rhythm was. So I kind of just – I never took a drum lesson or anything, but I kind of just picked it up, you know. Um, yeah. Very cool. Did you find it, Kev? I did. It's the 150, 150 mark in Espeon. But... Uh, let, me, let me check it out really quick. <laughs> this is great podcasting. <laughs> That part right there. I couldn't quite hear it, but yeah, it's it's right at the 150 mark. It kind of goes into like okay. like I said, like a little drum fill and it plays. You put kind of play along with it. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, it's a, it's a cool part. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't, I, like I just I don't have much explanation for it because like a lot of the times like I just kind of follow the melodies that pop into my head, like I don't know much theory or anything. Like I know a little bit of theory, but mainly it's just like my ear and what I hear in my head. Like I'll just get like a melody idea and I figure it out on guitar and then I just go with that. Like, yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, I talk a lot about like, again, this is a, a, a trope that I hate, but like the the notes you don't play kind of thing or like using silence effectively. Uh, it was just, I don't know. I think I just really liked that. And it, anything that kind of feels like it's resisting movement, but still moving forward. Um, yeah. I don't know. Like I said, it was just really cool. And I thought I should, I had the chance to tell you face to face. I figured I would. That's cool. I'm, I'm glad that you appreciate <laughs> Yeah, yeah <laughs> for sure. Uh, there's a lot of hip hop influence, I feel like, in your solo stuff. 
um do you make those beats yourself and are you like uh into hip-hop are you influenced by hip-hop yeah i mean i program like i yeah i make all that stuff myself um you know i've been using pro tools for since probably 2009 however many years (laughs) um but yeah so i i've been i'm into all kinds of stuff like i and i've produced music for a lot of different kind of bands and artists and stuff i've you know produced some rap i've done like reggae hardcore indie pop like just kind of everything so i try to listen to a wide variety of stuff just to to know what's going on out Mm -hmm. there (laughs) like you know i don't think it's good to pigeonhole yourself and only listen to one genre like there's so much cool stuff out there like yeah that's that's why i get so excited every every week that you are on my release radar whether it's you or strawberry girls or any of the projects you're a part of anytime your music pops up it's something i was not expecting but i really needed that's cool yeah we and like yeah i'd say like with strawberry girls and my solo stuff like we try to just blend everything that we like about music into our music so you know there's hip there's definitely hip-hop influence zach listens to a ton of hip-hop uh, he also produces beats and stuff too. Like we've even taken some of his beats and like turned them into like songs. Like uh, "Love Trip" was like a beat that Zach made, and then I was like, "Oh, you should learn how to play that on guitar." And then we started jamming it and stuff. Uh, I think "Mini Ripper" might have been one of those too. But uh, yeah, we we blend a lot of stuff. I mean, I come from like hardcore. I mean, I got into like pop punk first, and then that led into like hardcore. And then like some metalcore and stuff. Um, I've always loved just like heavy, brutal stuff. <laughs> like, but then I also love like really beautiful music too, like American football and Mike Kinsella's solo project, Owen, um, stuff like that. Just like really pretty stuff. So I, I try to blend all of it. <laughs> yeah, we just finished metal, and uh, last year we did new metal and went straight into instrumental, and it was it was so jarring to go from one to the others, but. <laughs> it is nice to have that wide variety um, because you it's for different moods. You know, you don't listen to hardcore music late at night when you're sitting around with your family, you listen to, you know, nice acoustic music and, you know, so there is a time and place for all of it. And it's cool that you guys have music for all, all different moods. Yeah. Yeah. There's definitely a bunch of different stuff in our catalog. Like, I mean, especially like, we play mini ripper a lot live and that, I feel like that song is a, a blend of a bunch of different stuff. Cause like you can definitely hear like the R and B hip hop vibe. And then it almost goes into like some hardcore stuff. And yeah, there's a lot of different stuff in there. Yeah. Your, your recent single with, uh, I have recent last year, uh, you guys did cat fight and that's pretty much just a yeah. metal track. Yeah. I was kind of like, when you're doing that song, I was thinking of, uh like every time i die Mm -hmm. that band i i love those that band uh they make a lot of cool music and but i mean yeah a lot also like norma jean under oath yeah the chariot uh bands like that like we're definitely an influence um So I want to ask real quick, because this is another band that Dylan and I have discovered recently, and you're touring uh, with Thank You Scientist, correct? Coming up? Yeah. 
Yeah. How did you guys how do you guys get hooked up with them? Because I am absolutely in love with thank you scientists. They're they're just kind of everything I needed at the time. Um, so how did you guys get hooked up and uh why did you guys skip Ohio? Because we can't go now. <laughs> um so let's see the first question. I don't really know, like I think um it, it was just a thing where like our booking agent was like, Hey, I have this offer for you guys. And we're like, oh, that's that's really cool. Like, yeah, let's do it. So I don't know. I know Zach knows one or maybe more of the members in that band, and he's like friends with with them. Um I don't have a per- personal connection with anyone in that band um yet, but we are touring together in a couple months, so we'll see. <laughs> but uh yeah, and I don't know much about um their catalog or anything i i honestly need to do my research and like we'll probably like usually when we tour with bands we start like listening to them in the van and uh that's how kind of how we get familiar and just hearing them play live and stuff sometimes it's totally different too like seeing a band live every night you just kind of grow to like really appreciate and love their music uh versus just like hearing a record and either you like it or you don't but like when you see people live like playing music passionately and stuff you kind of just like it so. Yeah, I feel, I feel like that's probably pretty rare nowadays, too. I don't feel like a lot of people listen to a band for the first time live a whole lot anymore. Um, it's kind of, yeah. if you grow into a show, you know the band pretty much. So, uh, yeah, that's cool, man. Yeah. I, uh, it should be a fun tour, I think. Uh, I don't know. I, I love their music. Do they, have like, do, they, do they have like seven, six or seven members or something? Yeah, they're pretty big. There's, uh, there's two horn players, a drummer, guitarist, okay. bassist, and a lead singer, I think so. I know there's a saxophonist, right? Yes, yes. What, who's the, what's the other horn instrument? Uh, it, it might be trumpet. I can't, re- I can't remember off the top okay. of my head. Yeah, and I mean, I've heard a couple songs by them. It's like progressive rock slash jazz, I'd say. Yeah, that's pretty clean. Uh, <laughs> uh, classification we spent a whole episode trying to describe it and he just did it in two words Uh, (laughs) (laughs) but uh yeah i think the first song we heard from them was a we did like a a covers episode and someone submitted us a a party all the time remix that they or a a cover that they did and it was like holy shit um after that we were so what uh what album would you would you recommend by them like what should i or what do you guys like from them? Uh, their latest EP was really, really good. Um, it's yeah. it's it's like twenty minutes long. For for um, let me look up the name of it so I don't mess it up. But yeah, their last EP was I think great. Um, it takes everything they had done up to that point and kind of refines it. Um, plus, it's nice. their second recording with their new drummer, who I really love. Um, let me look it up. Real yeah, quick. four four songs, yeah. twenty minutes. Yep. That's that's uh, perfect. I it's like very digestible like EPs. Like it's perfect. Yeah. Yeah, it's called it's called Plague Accommodations. It's it's a really, really great little EP. Cool. Yeah, I'll check it out. So it's uh it's been a few years, speaking of EPs and albums and all that. Uh it's been a few years since you guys released an album through Strawberry Girls or through your solo stuff. Is that on purpose? Are you guys just cranking out music as soon as you're making it or are you looking to make an album? I mean, we're always trying to to do as much as we can. Sometimes life gets in the way a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and the coronavirus thing just 
really slowed us down. I mean, we, you know, we couldn't tour, so we were just working on music. We've been working on a new album. Uh, it's just kind of taking a little bit longer, but I don't want to rush it. I just want to feel good about it and, and drop it when it's ready. So it's kind of, we don't have like a set schedule. We're just kind of, everything's tracked. I'm just working on the mixing. And I also have like a ton of other stuff that I need to do too, plus a wife and kids. So it's like really hard to make progress on all these different things, but I'm working on it. Like I, um, I just was working on mixing another band's EP today. So I have to finish that. And then I'm going to try to mix another Strawberry Girl song before tour and stuff. So, yeah. Very cool. <laughs> I don't know if I answered the full question. Or not, no, but... you did. Yeah, that's, <laughs> yeah. It's always, you know, I'm sure you get this comment a lot. Like, when's the next album? Well, it was there been no album. And there's, there's so much to it more than just, a fan that like wants new music every year, every two years. Um, so I'm always curious to hear guess, why. Our loose goal is to just have the full album done this year. Um, but other than that, um, you know, and our plan was just, we were just going to release every song as a single, just cause it's kind of nice when the one song, like the single gets attention and people listen to it and check it out. And like, when you drop a full album, there's a bunch of songs in there that no one ever listens to. Yeah. And uh, I mean, some people do, but you know, a lot of people don't. And like songs towards the end of the album, like will get a lot less streams and stuff. So it's kind of nice just dropping one single at a time. You get to appreciate that one production. Um, so yeah. Plus it keeps people on your, like you're on people's mind all the time when, when you come on the release radar or, you know, you're on a, specific playlist that keeps people on the mind and you know like for us <clears throat> we check our release radar as soon as we wake up every friday so you know as soon as it comes Me up too. We're, we're i love religious. release radar yeah 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 spotify is definitely yeah, changed I, awesome I, music it's cool too because like i get more excited to listen through it because like i'll just put it on shuffle like and do something in the garage and uh I end up hearing really cool stuff that I like. I'm like, oh, that's awesome. I'm glad I listened to that, you know, mm -hmm. randomly. Like, um, so yeah, it definitely helps you discover stuff. But I, yeah, I feel like releasing singles does keep you a little more relevant versus like just dropping an album. People forget about it after a few months, you know? <laughs> like, right. So we, Dylan and I had a bit of an argument, uh, not an argument, but like a discussion about like, I, I I used to hate EPs because I want full albums, but I've kind of turned the corner on it where I feel like the album structure is almost kind of a little outdated, like with streaming and all that. Like, how do you how do you feel about that? Would you rather release EPs or you kind of just talked about it where releasing singles seems to kind of be the way a lot of people are doing stuff now. So where do you kind of stand yeah. on that? I mean, it's an interest, interesting concept because like everything in life, if it's just made up by people. So, I mean, who came up with a 10 song album, you know, like right. it doesn't have to be 10 songs. I mean, I don't, yeah, I think, I don't know. I don't know what dictated that or like forced that to happen, but I, I, I kind of like EPs just cause they're shorter and like, especially if it's really good, if there's four really good songs that you just want to keep listening to, why not? You know, that's cool. Like versus like, you know, a long album that, you know, it's hard to get through sometimes yeah um but yeah i don't know like i, I want strawberry girls to drop an ep because 
I mean, we have our first EP, but like it kind of uh, Italian Ghosts, it kind of turned into a full album with like the new version and stuff. Mm-hmm. But uh, I don't know. I think it would be cool to drop like a four song EP. There's just something special about a four song EP, I think, or like three or four songs. Yeah, it, it's something but, yeah. a lot of my favorite bands have done. Like, um, <clears throat> The story so far and the Rex, like in between albums, it feels like albums always have like a signature, like this is this point in time, this is this point in time, and to have like a four song, like almost a spot, like this is where I was at in June of 2019. You know what I mean? It's always cool to have like a little snapshot of where someone was at that time. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've been kind of debating what to do with my solo stuff. Uh, I have a bunch of songs like that I'm working on right now, but I don't know if I should drop like an EP or just do a full album since I haven't done a full album in a while or just keep doing singles. I don't really know what to do. It's kind of just a guessing game. I'm like, Oh, should I, you know, what should I do with this batch of songs? Like how should I separate it? <laughs> I don't know. Do you know the answer of how many songs makes it an album versus an EP? Or is it kind of like what the meaning of life is? And it's just obscure and no one. Really I don't knows. know. I don't know technically if those like how those are defined, but I can tell you like what I think in my mind. Like to me, an EP would be, I guess, anywhere from, from maybe even one, one, two, three, four, maybe five songs. I mean, I guess six songs might technically be an EP too. But right, and uh, then what if it's seven and it's only like twenty minutes? You know, <laughs> like where where is it? I guess- <laughs> I don't really know. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I don't, it's hard to say. I mean, I think of like an EP as like four songs and then an album, like eight to 10 songs yeah. or even eight to 15 songs. Like, or if you're like a rapper, like 23 songs. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And 10 skits. Uh, the, the Beatles white <laughs> album that we didn't cover when we did Beatles month, it's like 40 songs. <laughs> It's technically a double yeah, album, but it's, 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 yeah, I have my own unique thoughts on the white <laughs> album. Uh, so when it comes yeah. to the spirit vision records, uh, how did, how did you get started on all that? And, you know, you're obviously a, a music producer as you talked about, but, um, spirit vision in general, cause I know it's got multifaceted, you have like a recording studio and you have a record and, uh, I guess, how did you get started with yeah. all that? I'm kind of going with just the Spirit Vision Records name, like branding now. Just uh, the Spirit Vision Studios. Like I did have a, a studio in California for seven years with my bass player Ian. We ran a studio together for a long time, doing like multimedia. Like he even did like photography and video, and I did some video and then recording local bands and stuff, and just helping. I think we just had a, pa- a passion to like help other artists grow and just offer recording for affordable prices. And, and uh, it also, you know, helped us <laughs> get better at producing and stuff too. But yeah, Ian and I had Spirit Vision Studios for a long time. And then I moved up here to Oregon and uh, now I'm just in my garage. Like this is my garage. <laughs> um, but so it's not really studios like multiple rooms yeah like before so i just kind of go with spirit vision records um or you could think of it as records but yeah like i just you know i guess um 
I like helping other artists however I can. And it's not much. I'm not, I'm not prize records. I'm not some huge record label or anything, but you know, I think just giving credibility to other artists and like posting about them, like, Hey, check out the super dope artists, like people, you know, just offering credibility in that way and uh, uh, offering like recording services as well and mixing. Um, but yeah, it's, yeah. it's nothing huge. It's just like doing everything. So it's pretty slow. It hasn't really grown super fast or anything, but I'm only working with a few artists right now. And yeah, I don't know. It's just another little side thing. Yeah. That's cool to, to help out smaller and younger bands because I, I I'm sure there's so many bands that would have just, they don't know where to start. They don't know where to go. And if they go to the wrong place, they could either get tired of it and give up or, you know, but to go to someone like you who is willing to invest time and help them out, that's probably huge for them. Yeah. And I, I kind of, whenever I'm like working with another band or, or artist or something, I just tell them like, it's just a stepping stone. Like hopefully I can just help you a little bit and, and maybe another like real label will want to like actually pick you up or something. I don't know. I mean, it wouldn't make sense for me to work with like a big band or something or have a big band on my label, but for a lot of newer bands who are like trying to get started and stuff, like, yeah, definitely helps them out a little bit. Yeah, it's super cool. I think you see that a little bit in the EDM world a little bit too, like with Anjuna Beats, like Above and Beyond's label, they are constantly pushing like their smaller artists as they find and sign. So I think that's super cool. Um, it, I, I don't know. I just, I like when, uh, you know, people take the time out to kind of push other artists because it, you know, it helps the the medium as a whole. So uh, super cool, super cool. Yeah, I, mean, I think that's what the scene is. Like, there's a lot of bigger bands. I mean, I feel like Dance Gavin Dance has helped out a lot of bands under them. You know, and just that whole scene. Like, you know, we all got credibility because of Dance Gavin Dance. You know, I mean, Strawberry Girls would probably still be, you know doing okay but because zach was in dance Gavin dance that really helped us um with everything like just getting on tours and you know people wanting us to be a part of shows and stuff and yeah, yeah that's really cool have you guys toured with uh dance Gavin dance yeah we did their 10-year tour um what was it like 2016 i think i forget um but yeah it was um that tour was just all bands of like ex members. So there was like a lot like birds, slaves, uh, us. And then Dayshell was also on that tour, but I think they were just homies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's, there's more ex members of dance, Gavin dance than, uh, than I think there are members currently. But, um, <laughs> uh, when it comes to like music yeah. composing, are you kind of a control freak? I know you, you write, you drum, you guitar, are you kind of a control freak when it comes to sound? Because I'm kind of a control freak when it comes to our podcasts. Like, I like being in, in control of everything. So I didn't know if you felt the same way about your music. Yeah, I mean, it's all about compromise. I mean, with my that's why I like having my solo stuff, because I can do whatever I want. Yeah. But uh, when it comes to Strawberry Girls, like, you know, we have to bounce ideas off each other and compromise on parts. There's been times where... You know, I thought I came up with a super cool beat. Zach didn't like it and you know, ended up having to change it or whatever. 
and that's just how it goes sometimes. You know, there's parts that he's written that he's had to change too. So it's like we both try to be respectful and just like open-minded and, you know, we want all of us to be happy. So we got to compromise sometimes. But Yeah. My compromise with Bill was just to let him do it all. <laughs> I just show up and talk every week. Yeah. I, I am. I, I'd say I probably am a control freak. I mean, um, yeah, some like if I hear something in my head, like I want it to try to sound like that, you know. So, yeah. Yeah, when you get an idea in your head and you want to see it through, it's like it'd be easier if I just do it. So I'll, I'll do it, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't realize I was like that until we started doing the podcast. So I was like, oh dang, I guess I am. So when I see, you know, when you Google Strawberry Girls and you look at your Wikipedia, and it's like so and so does this and this so-and-so does this and this and then it's you and it's like got like 12 things that it has on there i was like oh he might be like me and strawberry girls like we all do a lot like my bass player ian he uh he like grew up playing classical piano so he's very good at piano uh he can play guitar and bass um he, he can't really play drums that well but <laughs> um back Zach, uh, you know, has a great ear too. I mean, a lot of times Zach just writes cool stuff and I just try to support it. Like sometimes we don't even have to change anything really. Um, but, um, yeah, Zach's very talented too. He, he plays guitar, bass. He's amazing. Just, just his tech, uh, technical abilities just with picking and like all that stuff is, is crazy. He's really good. Um, uh, when it comes yeah, to and his production, yeah, sorry. Oh, oh go, go ahead. That little delay really screws me up. I thought you were done. And then, <laughs> <laughs> um, when it comes to Pretty Cute, um, I know you you released a couple songs from it last year. Are you are you still looking to do more with that? So uh, unfortunately, that project kind of dissolved. Just um, yeah, it's. It just we kind of just went our separate ways with that one like uh the, the music was really cool uh nothing bad yeah. happened uh it just wasn't working out sometimes that's, that's how it goes you know it's just it's just life yeah um it, like we were we were trying with that project for a solid like year and then we lost like two bass players that set us back a lot because we were trying to get ready to play shows and stuff and that was just kind of born out of wanting to play local shows here in Oregon. Oh, cool. um, but um, yeah, I mean, like the other guys were just busy with other stuff. It was just hard to, to get it off the ground. I don't know. Like it's still, we still have like three other songs that we did record that aren't like finished yet. So I don't like, I might eventually mix those and release them, but I'm not sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Kind of, kind of sad because that project was really fun, and uh, I really like the music. But yeah, it yeah. was like a whole different visual, like a lot of pink, and uh, the music video was really cool. Yeah, I thought it was a really cool idea. You're trying to be just like super, I don't know, like girly in that like uh, that girly aesthetic kind of thing. I don't know. We were called pretty cute. Yeah, I yeah, don't know. Real guys wear pink. <laughs> yeah right uh so we are gonna wrap up here in a few minutes uh we just want to talk to you about uh 
what music are you listening to currently? Uh, do you have any artists you want to to shout out before we get off here? Yeah, let me pull up my Spotify. Um, but a lot of the times, to be honest, like I'm just checking my own mixes in the car. Like that's the main time I listen to music. Whenever I drive, I'm just like checking my mixes. So like some days I don't even listen to like other people's music. I'm only listening to like my mixes and stuff. Um, but let's see. Oh, actually today I, uh, I was like cleaning the kitchen and stuff and I put on floral, you know, floral. Yeah. Yeah, they're one of my favorite bands. Like, and it's cool that they're they're my friends too. Um, no way. But I love their, I I freaking love their music. Like, it's so good. It's like the perfect blend of like melody, like catchy melodies, but like technical and interesting, and just like a lot of different influences. And it's just it's simple, but it's like awesome. Yeah. What about uh? Um, so yeah, floral. I saw you guys do. Yeah, they're yeah they're they're similar to Floral. Uh, they were super fun to tour with. Uh, I want to tour with them again. But yeah, their music's awesome. Like Marcos is an insane guitar player, and uh, their drummer Cam is amazing too. It was awesome watching them every night. Um, let me see. I was listening to Animals as Leaders' new album the other night. Hell yeah, love Animals pretty- as Leaders. Yeah, it's it's a lot. That album's a lot darker. Like, I I really liked their previous album, uh, Joy of Motion, because it was like less dark and more like melodic and I don't know, like brighter. But um, I don't know. The new album was kind of cool. It was like very dark and like sinister. Like, but it was cool. Yeah, I, Matt's drumming is crazy. Um. What else? Uh, so it's like when you get asked a question, you can't even answer <laughs> yeah. it. No, you're good, man. You're good. I do this all the time. It's like we do a song at the show every week, and I'll come not prepared at all. So I'll just quick open up Spotify. Like, what was I listening to today? I was uh, listening to this band that I used to listen to back in the day, like when I was a teenager, called Sick of Change. They're like an old pop punk band. Um, you guys probably haven't heard of them, right? No, but I love yeah. punk. So. Have you heard, have you heard of Rufio? Yeah, they're like a darker Rufio kind of, but they're also a Christian band. Ooh. Um, they're just super good. Like the harmony, like they do these crazy like angelic harmonies over like super fast pop punk drumming and stuff. Um, yeah, it's a I was listening to them because um, I'm, I'm doing my first pop punk song. I play drums on it. This guy that I actually used to listen to, I discovered his band back in the day on MySpace called Curb Squirrels. And I became friends with him on Facebook like a few years ago. And we've been talking and stuff. And he sent me this song that he wrote. And uh, I ended up playing drums on it. And so we're going to drop that like next month. But yeah, it's like my first like real pop punk song. Oh, that's cool. Oh, yeah. So, are you are you releasing it at, like under Curb Squirrel? What was it, Curb Squirrels? You said. Well, his old band was Curb Squirrels. Yeah. Okay. Uh, actually, it was funny. I was talking to him on the phone a few weeks ago, and I was like, "Where'd that name Curb Squirrels come from?" And he said that, like, he's from uh, Ohio, and he said like 
back in the day when he used to skate and stuff, there would be like these like uh you know redneck guys would be like you curb squirrels. I don't know. Yeah, that's <laughs> but we're both we both live in southwest Ohio, so that means so much to hear that some redneck <laughs> gave such a cool yeah. name for a band. Is that like a real term or like <laughs> I've never heard it, and I've I've hung out with skaters in high school. I've never heard it, so. It's a... Well, you didn't have rednecks out the door, out the window, yelling at you. So. That's true. That's true. <laughs> but that's awesome. Um, normally, I I like how you release music because like your name's always attached to it. So your your and Zach's both names are both attached to Strawberry Girls, so it shows up. Yeah. Uh, so is that how the the pop punk song is going to show up as well? Yeah, so it's going to be under my name and just his name, which is Eric Tuffensam. Um, he actually runs a studio. I think it's like outside uh, Cincinnati. Um, it's called Moonlight Studios. Oh, no way. Pretty sure. Yeah, we, yeah. we just interviewed a band last week, and they've recorded there before. Oh, cool. Yeah, actually, this guy, Eric, he, he's produced for a lot of bands and stuff, and uh, there's this huge band called Public. I guess he produced a few of their like hit singles or whatever. Like one of the songs has like, let me see, it's a lot of streams. Uh, it's called "Make You Mine" by Public. Three hundred and seventy-nine million streams. Holy cow! <laughs> yeah, he like produced that song at his in Moonlight Studios. Um, yeah, so we're dropping um, a pop punk song together next month and it's super fun that's very exciting thank you man <laughs> well ben thank you so much for for coming on and hanging out with us for a little bit uh, we really appreciate it um go check out simon vandetta part two strawberry girl's most recent single um and be yeah. on the lookout for for ben's new pop punk song coming out this month <laughs> yeah and we'll probably, we'll probably drop a new strawberry girl song next month too awesome so yeah, if anyone lives outside of Ohio, go check out uh, Strawberry Girls on tour with Thank You Scientist, <laughs> or make the trip if you're from Ohio. That's right. Are you guys Are you guys going to come to one of the shows? We're going to try to. It's It's just uh, I think the closest one is Michigan or yeah. Illinois. Um. So we're we're going to make the effort. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Hopefully, hopefully I'll see you guys there. Hell yeah, man. Thanks again. Thanks, man. Yeah. Thank you, guys. All right. So there we are. Our conversation with Ben Ro Rosette. I almost said Rosette. I almost yeah, did it. No. Didn't do almost, it. Almost fucked it up again. Almost <laughs> fucked it up again. Even though he just told us how to say it. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, that was a really fun uh, interview, and we really appreciate him coming on. Um, Kevin, let's talk about our songs of the show, and then we'll get into what we're doing next week. Sure. Uh, for me, I'm going to stick with uh, sort of the Metal March theme still. I, uh, ben and I have both been going on a kind of a Baroness kick. And so I'm going to do Take My Bones Away uh, by Baroness. Uh, it's one of my favorite songs of theirs. Um, it's just, if, you, if you're looking for a place to start, um, try that song. Um, it gives you everything that Baroness is kind of refined. Yeah, I'm excited to listen to it. We We haven't really talked about our songs of the show before this because we were kind of all consumed with the interview but um mm -hmm. yeah what, what was the song again uh take my bones away by baroness uh, 
even a cool title of a song. I loved the Baroness pick you had on the, the Metal March show. I'm excited to listen to it. Yeah, they're um, super cool. My song of the show is Security Cameras by Buena Cara. Uh, I saw a tweet from them, and it was a guy... I Someone either liked it or it was a recommended tweet, and it basically said, um, my boss wanted texted me and asked what my music sounded like and i said math rock and he said what and he said yeah i'm acoustic math rock and he's like so i shouldn't play it at a picnic with my family and he's like i don't (laughs) think so uh and so it got me interested enough to check out their their single and it it's got like a funny it's like a just a little dog like a yorkie dog and it's called security cameras it's a wild and weird song and it's exactly what i needed this week and the the blessings of the internet uh, got me there. So it's always cool to discover music in a weird way. Which is pretty much what oh, I yeah. use Twitter for nowadays. So um, <laughs> just, yeah. just music, uh, music hot takes and discovering new music. But oh, um, yeah. let's talk about what we're doing next week. Uh, next week we are talking to Alex... <laughs> Another last name I'm going to mess up. Alex <laughs> Wieringa. Uh, from Rare Candy, uh, formerly of Belmont, and uh, we're going to be talking to him about all his new music and all kinds of fun stuff. So uh, we're looking forward to another fun conversation, and uh, I'm feeling good. I'm I'm having fun with this, Kev. Yeah, yeah. I think we were both a little nervous going into these, but I think we're trying to get the hang of it. I mean, again, we're neither one of us is practiced at doing this. Um, <laughs> so this is like my it's going to be my fourth interview ever. Um, not interviewing like employees to work for me so it's it's a completely different experience so yeah it's, yeah it's fine it's no we're finally breaking our wings it's not just people we know and worked with anymore so um yeah i'm excited to talk to alex and um get that out next week so uh, we're gonna put a bunch of playlists in the show notes go i've got a, a playlist of ben rosett's entire discography of all his solo stuff which I think a lot of people would enjoy. Uh, same with Strawberry Girls. Um, and then I'll have a, a playlist of all the Rare Candies uh, music as long as well as uh, some of the... I think, I think they have two new singles. So, yeah, go check it out. And uh, we'll see you guys next week. Bye. Bye. <laughs>